are listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hello, friends. It's our motherhood and mission week here at the Go and Tell Gals podcast. We are talking about how God meets us in our motherhood, how we can run on mission in motherhood, how we can see motherhood as our mission. And today we have one of the podcast queens, Ali Casaza. We're talking about how God brought beauty out of a dark season in her motherhood and how he brought mission out of it as well. You're going to be blessed. You're going to enjoy it. And you're going to be spurred up to probably throw some things away. Just prepping your heart. <laughs> What a treat. Today we have an interview with none other than Ali Casaza, who is a podcast queen in and of her own fame and work. And I'm so blessed to have you. And I'm just so grateful for all the work you do online. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you again for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you. You're one of my favorites. Listen, same, same. I love your podcast. I know so many women love it. God is absolutely using it to encourage so many people. So I'm so blessed. Thank you. Hey, tell tell us a little bit about what life looks like. What is a normal, <laughs> I know there's not a lot of normal ever in, in our <laughs> line of work, but like what does life look like for you? Yeah, so I've got four kids. My oldest is my only girl, Bella. And she's She just turned 10, which is like so far the funnest age to me. I love having her just be older and like, I don't know, her personality is like so much more out and she's silly and we have such a good time together. And then I've got three boys that are, uh, no, eight and six and four. We homeschool them, but we really only homeschool them because we want the lifestyle and the freedom that comes with it. Homeschooling is actually like such a service and such a humbling thing that Brian and I have to work through together all the time because it's not like something that we love, love, love doing. Yeah. So it's, it's hard, but man, it is definitely good and definitely worth the work for what we want. So we do that together and I run my business from home. I work, I mean, if we're launching, I work much more, but I usually just work a couple hours a day. I've kind of worked really hard to get myself in the seat of CEO truly where I'm in that position and I'm running things in that way. Mm. So that's been really nice to just not be in the hustle, 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 like doing everything in myself phase anymore. It's given me a lot of freedom. So Mm. yeah, it's kind of what I got going on every day. Okay, so we've never talked about this. I started following you in the season when you guys were super mobile, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't make this up. <laughs> no. Right? No, yeah. We lived in the camper and we traveled around the U.S. for a year. Talk about that season. I've ne- I have never actually gotten to talk oh to gosh. you about that. But that's when I started following you and I was just so intrigued by your purpose and determination. I want to hear more. We had moved to the Midwest. We're from Southern California. We moved to the Midwest into like the mountains in Arkansas. So just like very opposite of where we're from, where we were born and raised, where we met. And we were there for a couple years. And then we started the business. And as soon as it just began to flourish and just take off, and Brian was no longer working at his old job, we kind of started to realize like, well, wait a second, we're still out here, but 
there's nothing really keeping us here. Like we loved our church and we loved the people, but we didn't have to be away from home anymore, but we didn't really feel like, oh, let's just move back. And so we're just kind of sitting in that weird in-between place, not really knowing where to go and where we belonged. And one day we were driving home from church and I was like, I feel like I just want to go for a drive. Can we just not, can we just keep driving? So Brian kept driving and about a half an hour into our drive, I turned the music off and I'm like, is that a camper? Let's go look at it. And so it had like a for sale sticker on it and it was super old and junky. And the guy was like, oh, just go in and look, it's fine. And so we go in and kids are walking around. It's like a hallway, like there's no pop out. It's like a 27 foot camper. It doesn't even, it's not made for huge families. It was like really small, but I just, I don't know. I had a weird feeling and I just was like, I wanna buy this camper. It was like $4,000, like it was so cheap. And we were getting used to like, you know, having money for things because <laughs> we were so broke before. And I was like, I'm going to go get a money order and we're going to buy this camper and we're going to make it awesome. And we'll just like use it for trips and stuff. But as we started to work on it and we gutted that thing, like we pulled out the cabinets and the couch and the beds and we made it all new inside. I just started to get back to my roots of simplicity and it was so weird. Like working on that camper was like a deeply spiritual thing. And Brian and I both felt it and we were just like Mm. so in love with turning this like clunkety thing into a home. And it was so cute. We built a triple bunk bed and we put, we put like a really nice queen mattress on the, on the bed that's for the adults and built like a little wall in there. So it was like our own private room. And I just was like, I want to do this. I want to go all in and let's not really go back home yet, but let's go visit there and then go to other places. And I think it was from, you know, being super, super broke and, and just poor our whole relationship. And then I had always wanted to travel and always wanted to go see other places and I never was able to. And so I think it kind of stemmed from that just desire to go and meet other people and see other places and be able to be adventurous when I had been stifled in that way for so long. And it was such an experience. We went home, we visited, we lived on the beach for three months. The kids' bunk beds were ridiculous. Like, I always joke with my <laughs> husband that, like, the the size of my audience now, like, if I ever shared that camper, I'd get so much flack. Like, <laughs> I would all CPS on you. That's not okay. <laughs> because yeah. the beds were, like, Brian would always joke that he was sliding the kids into their bed like a pizza oven. That's <laughs> like, hilarious, like, yes. They were so, but they, like, they talk about that time so fondly. And they remember it, like, being amazing. And Brian and I are kind of like, I mean, it kind of was, but it also kind of sucked. Like, it was just so cramped and, like, so hard to run the business from that place. Like, it was such an adventure. We went all over the place. We went to almost every single state. One of our friends that lives in Florida had a a terrible tragedy come on her family. And we just packed up the camper and Mm. drove over to Florida and stayed there for a month and just were able to just be with them and sit with them and cry with them and celebrate the good with them. And it was so, that gave us that gift. It's so much easier to be mobile and show up for people than when you're already mobile than it is to like, okay, let's look at the flight prices. Let me stop everything that I'm doing. Who's going to take care of the pets and the house? Like it just, we were mobile and it was 
really, really neat to see how God used that time. And it also made our family closer than we had ever been. That was very, very much a turning point in my relationship with my daughter Mm -hmm. and in our feel as a family. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. So let's start with like right now. Right now you host a podcast. You Mm -hmm. also lead women through simplifying and decluttering, correct? Yes. Which I need to get in on ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) What I love about a lot of what you do is that it was born out of a hard season for you. And I've heard you speak about it and I've read to just... Uh, talk a little bit about that, about this mission born out of your own, your own struggles and your own challenges. Yes. Back at this time of my life, we hadn't had Emmett yet. So we had three kids and they were like, it was like three under three or three under like Bella had just turned four. So they were like so close together. We were very different people at the time. We were just really young and naive and we were doing the whole American thing that doesn't make any sense with the oversized house that we couldn't afford. It was so big, we felt like we had to fill it. So it was just full of stuff we didn't even want or need. Brian was working so many hours at his old job just to make ends meet. And the one thing that we knew clearly was that I needed to be at home with our babies at that time. We both felt good about it, but it didn't make a lot of sense because we weren't really affording life very well. So we just kind of were sitting in that and waiting for any sign that we should change something. And I basically was trying to figure out how to run things without my husband there because he worked, he would get up at like four in the morning and he wouldn't come home until like after nine or 10 at night. Mm -hmm. So literally he's exhausted and all day I'm doing everything solo. So I started to get to this point where I was very depressed I was incredibly burdened. I just felt heavy. It was so heavy emotionally and mentally that I really felt it physically. Mm -hmm. And I just would like open my eyes in the morning when my alarm would go off or my kids would jump on me. And I would think like, oh no, like I'm not rested enough to do this again. And what a terrible way to start out your day in such a sweet season. And I knew that, I knew that it was good and that I should be enjoying it and that I, I wanted this for so long and here I was in this life that I had dreamed of and I kind of hated it. To be honest, I was miserable and I was sick of trying all the things like get organized. Oh, just schedule your life better. Um, you know, these general fix alls and, you know, like magazines are always like how to organize your life in one hour or less. It just didn't work. And if it did work, it came undone in like a day because organization is not a solution, it's a Band-Aid. And I had a big gaping bullet wound and I needed some serious help. So I, I just felt overwhelmed, pulled always, all the time. Like I was constantly cleaning up, but nothing was clean. The kids were in my way is how I felt. And I was constantly like shooing them away and getting them busy so that I could maintain our space. Mm-hmm. I just was in this place of seeking answers and I was just kind of like talking to God about it all the time. 
and asking him to show me what I'm doing wrong. And I went to church one Sunday in this season and the pastor gave a sermon on John 10, 10 about abundant life and that Jesus came not only so that we would be alive, but that we would live abundantly. And he talked about, you know, all the verses that kind of give that message of like the cup running over, like more than enough joy and purpose and him always giving us more than we need, more than enough. And I just kind of felt bitter, like, well, is mom life an exception to that? Because mm -hmm. this is like not what I'm feeling. I was angry. And then I kind of left that day just feeling like, okay, lots of anger coming up with this sermon that everyone else seemed so happy about. So I, I just began to dig in and work through that with the Lord. And there was one day that week that I was just kind of praying about this off and on, sifting it around in my brain a little bit. And I had this terrible day. Like, I think it was like the end of that next week. And I just was sick of waiting for God to give me an answer, sick of him, like not telling me what I needed to do. And my kids were freaking out. Everyone's asking for snacks and they're bored and I don't know what, I can't get anything done. And I remember just getting the kids in front of the TV and running up to my room, shutting myself in my bathroom and sitting on the floor in tears, just like, what am I missing? Like, why am I an exception? Why do I seem to be the only mom that doesn't have it together? And I told the Lord, like, I went for help. I asked, you know, these mentors, these women that I have ahead of me, and they all kind of gave me this resounding, oh, yeah, that's motherhood. And, oh, you're just in the hard part of it. Don't worry, you'll get through it. And everything that I'm hearing my pastor say, everything that I'm reading in scripture is saying that we're not supposed to just get through. So what is it going to take for me to overcome this? And I just kind of sat in there and waited and God definitely showed up. And you know, when you kind of feel him enter the room, mm -hmm. I felt him there and I was excited because I was like, please give me something philosophical, <laughs> like help. And I really just felt him draw my attention to like, I felt like I had a, a little bit of a vision of just the way I spend my typical day. And I saw myself running around and picking up and putting away and then picking up and putting away the same stuff again an hour later and just maintaining. And that word, like just maintaining kept coming back to me. And God really showed me, what are you spending your time doing exactly? And I kind of answered, well, cleaning up because it's so much and cleaning up what though, like what is taking up your time. And my answer was just stuff. And I remember like kind of saying out loud, I don't even know what it is. It's just stuff. And I don't even know if we need it. And that coming out of my mouth just kind of gave me this epiphany. And all at once, I just felt this surge of hope. Like I just knew what I needed to do. And I got up, I wiped my eyes, I finished the day, fed the kids, got them in bed early. And I just like grabbed a box of trash bags and had at my house as much as I could. I got rid of the toys that just were pointless, like just sitting in there getting dumped out by my kids so they could find their favorite three. Like they didn't even use them. I gutted the extra dishes, the extra clothes that I was holding on to, hoping my body would unwarp from having three babies in three years. Yes. I got rid of like everything that just was not being used, totally pointless. And I purged for like a few hours that night. And the next morning I started my day and everything was lighter immediately. Like the kids played better in their playroom. They got along better. They played for three hours that 
that day and they were toddlers. That's amazing. Like I had to go in and get them to have a snack and stop them. I noticed like, oh my gosh, like this works. And so I had a little blog. I started blogging that. And as I continued this process in my life, it spilled over into my health, my boundaries, my schedule, like this idea of load lightning just leaked over into everything and women need that. So it caught fire pretty fast. And now it's turned into, you know, the business that it is today. I love that story. That is so powerful, man. That's beautiful. Thank you. I want to pause on something. So you and I have similar stories. I had three under three and it was wild and it was hectic and it was dark and it was heavy. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you feel this way. Like I have times where I imagine, obviously moms that probably ask you a lot, you know, how would you suggest I thrive in this? And right there are tools. And even in light of like what both of us do, there are tools that we hand women that say like, Hey, this would have helped me. I wish I'd had this tool. Mine, I would say a big one for me is mission that I would say like, Hey, picking up some version of mission in that season will aid you so much. And instead of thinking like, I can't do one more thing thinking like, what was I made to do? And finding how you can do it with your kids or around your kids or letting them watch you do it was so huge. But Mm -hmm. what marks that season for me and what I hear from you is what marks that season is just kind of a heaviness that you you couldn't escape, right? Uh Uh-huh. Very heavy. And just like, it was like a cloud was only over me and just pouring down on me. And I, I looked out and of course this was not the truth, but I looked out and I saw other moms seemingly doing great. And I just felt like a failure in Mm. every sense of the word. Like I just couldn't get it together. And like, what were they doing right? And looking back, like, sweet girl, you have three babies. Literally at one point they were all in diapers. It's overwhelming in and of itself. But being in that place and not accepting it, like I didn't want to accept that this was just going to suck because I don't believe that that gave me the momentum to even look for a solution because everyone was telling me to accept that this is going to be really hard. I knew in myself that this was not God's will for me to be like, I mean, I was about to go on medication, like Mm. for a depression that wasn't being caused by an imbalance. It was being caused by situation and mindset. Yeah. Yeah. A really vulnerable question is, do you have dark days like that in this season? In this season of mission where you're holding, you know, different things and where it looks different. And I'm, I'm kind of asking in a vulnerable way because I'm thinking about it myself right now, too. I think a lot about that past season and like, you know, what I could have done and what tools I could have handed other women in that season. But same, what is there anything you'd say in this season of motherhood? Like what feels heavy about it now and where is God helping Yeah, I will say that it definitely doesn't feel anywhere near as heavy as that time did for me. Absolutely. I think it's a lot of things. It's absolutely just the simplicity that we've incorporated into our life, but also our kids being older. I personally feel like I do really, really well with older kids. I thrive in that and the questions that they ask and the conversations that are had, it's much easier to deal with a lousy attitude and like a 10 year old than it is to deal with a diaper being changed and a hissy fit being thrown two feet away from me. Like I just, I'm so much better at this. Yes. (laughs) I think my biggest difficulty in this season of motherhood now is 
quieting down enough to show up where I need to show up as their mother. It's busy. It's full. I thrive when our schedule is full. I love it. I we're, we're just a busy on the go family. So sometimes somebody will just have a lousy day. and need to talk about something at the worst time for me. It's hard for me to take those opportunities and I get deeply, and I'm just being really honest, I get like deeply irritated yeah. when it's an ill-timed, somebody needs mom or somebody needs to talk or my daughter will come in and at night when I'm like about to go to sleep and like, mom, can we just talk about something for a minute? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. And like the last thing I want to do is sit here with you and talk about whatever it is. And that's so awful, but it's just the way that you feel sometimes. And that's been really, really, it's another form of servitude in this season is just like, knowing when to say like, you know what, let's talk tomorrow and knowing when to like call off everything and like sit, sit down and show up for whoever needs me. Mm, yeah, that's real. That's so good. It's hard. It's hard to balance. Like, I mean, just think about all the things we have to just know. It's almost like we have to have a gut instinct. Like, are you trying to push back bedtime and you're milking it? Or is there you really needing something? Is this podcast interview like top priority? Yeah. Can we talk after? Do I call it off? Like, there's just, it's yeah. so hard. And I don't know how people do this without the Holy Spirit just giving them that nudging when we need it because it is just so much and you have to be on all the time. And as an introvert, that's hard. Yes, literally. I would I would repeat that entire sentence. It's interesting, right? This phase yeah. of motherhood, our kids are 10, 11, 12, and 6. And bedtime is so interesting, right? It used to be this like wrestle into bed and like water and potty and all the things. And now it's like, can you explain Second Kings to me? <laughs> I'm like, no, I I really can't. I don't understand Second Kings myself. Or it's like, yeah, you know, my friend's parents are getting a divorce. Are you gonna get a divorce? I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, well, it's nine oh five. I don't know that it's quite time for us to handle divorce. You want to just be like, everything's fine. I love your dad very much. Go to sleep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, the deep, deep, deep heart questions. But I, we always joke. Mine don't come until like I've said goodnight, I've kissed them, and I've started to walk out the door. And then it's yeah. like, does God love me? I'm like, oh, man. Okay. Let's oh, go in. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. In. It's like best timing ever, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's so, that's real. It's, it's really a different season. Yeah, for sure. Hey, friends. I know we are all busy gals, and we are all trying to use what we've got for the glory of God and the good of others. So I am all about tools and tips and tricks that help me run after God and also help me love others well. One of my favorite Bible study tools is the prayer journal, the Compose Prayer Journal from Val Marie Paper. Val is a friend of mine and I've loved running alongside her, but the prayer journal is incredible because it helps you just strategize your time talking to God. How many of you know that the term prayer warrior isn't just for a grandma in her 80s who's been praying for decades and decades. It's for those of us 
who are going boldly into the throne room of grace, asking God to help with what we've got going on, help our friends, help our family, help our neighbors, help us love other people. And so if you need help focusing on the specific things you're praying about, and if you just need help capturing what it is that you talk to God about, I would love to direct you to Valmarie Paper and all her incredible products. You can check out her website at valmariepaper.com. Okay, let's end on this. If you can encourage moms with one word today about, hey, you want to you wanna step into that abundance today, what's one thing that you would tell them to do? Actually, let's say like one big thing and one small thing. And I'll share a big thing and a small thing too now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, perfect. I think it is a big thing to look at your home, look at your life, look at how you're spending your time. And whenever I say that, people think calendar, but it goes beyond that. There's so much that we spend our time doing that's not on our calendar. In fact, like probably 90% of it is not on our calendar. It's the things that we do at home to maintain and keep up and the mental list that's always running in your head, that's usually way more of how you spend your time than the doctor appointment that's on your calendar or whatever it is. So ask God to come into that with you and just sit and spend some time, grab a journal, open up your calendar and just open up your mind and think, what is a typical day for you? How are you spending your time? And then after you get it all out, look at it and just breathe simplicity over it. What can you let go of? What do you not like? How do you feel about how you're spending your time? Open up your phone and go into the settings and look at how much time you've been spending on there the last week. Are you happy with that? Is this how you want, you know, Laura Casey always says, how do you want to feel about what you've done when you're 80? Is that a reflection of that? You know, it's probably not because most of us, unfortunately, are not living intentionally. And looking at all of this is what living intentionally is all about. So it's not about being perfect and guarding every single minute perfectly, but visit that. How do you feel? And where can you implement less and just essentialism and minimalism and just simplicity in your physical space? And because that is how you spend your time. You know, what takes up our space takes up our time. Mm-hmm. And in the things that are actually like you're trading your minutes for, whether it's serving at your church and in a way that's just not working right now or not doing that at all because you're doing other things that are way less important. I've noticed in seasons, like I'll feel like I don't have time to do things that are important. And it's not that I don't have time. It's that I'm choosing to not give my time to that. Mm -hmm. So let's step out of victimhood and call it what it is and realize that we are the owners of time. Time does not run us. It doesn't make decisions for us. We're in charge and it's our responsibility to own that and to do what we can with the time that we have. So I think that's a big step. I think if you could sit and spend an hour or so just reflecting and asking yourself and gut checking your life, that's a really, really big thing. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's so good. I think about this often. I've never shared this on the podcast, but since we're releasing this podcast episode during Motherhood Week, I think about this all the time, that one very simple and strategic tool I would like to hand mothers everywhere, if you have young kids or older kids, this is it. Buy some fresh limes and fresh lemons, and if you like sparkling water, buy plain sparkling water or just normal water, and cut some lemons and limes and put them in your water. (laughs) 
and it is it's so refreshing it is so refreshing but it's it's so interesting a few months ago I was actually hanging out with a mom who was struggling with postpartum depression and mm. I just felt I just felt led to tell her that I was like hey have you bought sparkling water and whole limes and like cut them for yourself and put them in your water because there is something wild about the act of cutting your own fruit and just taking a minute to prepare your own drink it's so weirdly and strangely indicative of knowing you're worth a minute of care for yourself of like hey I can put real fruit juice in my water I can put real lemons real limes and then and then all the interesting scientific things about the act of cutting fruit is just also I think supposed to be very therapeutic but Mm -hmm. I always think if I had to go back to those early days of lots of kids like under a certain age or never leaving the house for days on end I would buy a lot of sparkling water it's also a really inexpensive fix if you buy the off-brand stuff it's super cheap and a bunch of limes and I would just I would not live it myself I'd have four a day if I needed four a day you know yeah it's almost like a weird little luxury or something like it feels kind of like spa like and you're right like you're just taking a second to do something small for yourself and hydrate and take care of yourself and it just feels like a treat yeah it feels like this defiant act against the knowledge that sets itself up against the knowledge of God that says you aren't worth anything that you're Mm -hmm. only here to take care of other people that would be mine. My quick tip. Well, Allie, thank you so much for sharing. Friends, please go check out Allie's podcast if you haven't already. That's just one of the best places to get all of her resources and hear her story and hear her wisdom. But we're just so thankful for the work you do for moms and for women everywhere. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.